source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 fun memories of season four. I'm your host, Davey, and with me as always is my other host, Phil. How are you, Phil? Hey, doing pretty good. Yeah, and we brought someone with us to talk some of these memories as uh, season four enters its dying bit of, of twilight here, uh, and that is uh, Matt from uh, Set the Temple blog. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Glad to have you back. I don't know if this is a record for uh, fastest return visit from a guest. I'll have to, I'll have to consult the archives, but uh, that's a pretty quick turnaround as we go. Um, important context on today's episode. Uh, we have seen a grot and a bird uh, from the upcoming season five. Uh, we're not sure any more than that. By the time you hear this, you will know more than we do right now because it is about to be the, uh, is it for Gen Con? Like the online yeah. Gen Con or what is it? Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a bunch of reveals at Gen Con for all the, I mean, I guess it looked like it was pretty much every system. There's going to be some sort of uh, announcements. So yeah. yeah, lots of news in the next few days. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to be doing some roundtable questions today. I'm going to start you off with one uh, since this is coming down. What are you most excited about uh, uh, to see coming up? Like what what's the thing you're uh, looking forward to most discovering? Uh, we'll throw it to you, Matt. Yeah, I, uh, I am very much looking forward to trying to find a new kind of forever warband. Oh, like, I right. want to find a new okay. like passion um okay. and seeing the bird and I'm, I'm really hoping the stormcast um are, are it uh, yeah yeah so you're a stormcast guy right because you were was yep. it uh astral templars is it uh, uh or my was, or we talked purple i remember that yeah yeah it's uh lions of sigmar it's golden that's purple. Right. that's right yeah. yeah i remember the purple piece uh what about you phil um yeah also really curious about what what like i want to know numbers of fighters um mm. it'll be curious if they go four and four again i'm hoping that they're going bigger again this time mm -hmm. just to change things up a bit and i think the the orcs would lend themselves well to being a larger warband oh, yeah. um yeah especially they're taking slots on grats slots on yeah. grats as we think so slots on grats yeah. uh yeah i i I guess I'm just excited to get into a new season um, and just hope to see uh, some new untrodden ground. Sure. Uh, yeah, for me, it's just seeing new models. Uh, and I would hope I'm, I'm hoping we get that cool cryptic, like here's all here's some symbols of war bands to come. Yeah, because uh, that's that's always a fun thing to kind of pour over and, you know, get your big uh <laughs> bulletin board up with the red string and all that sort of thing, trying to figure out what's what. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's, let's, uh, we'll hop through our usual pieces here. Uh, got, uh, some community shout outs. I, I wanted to shout out. Uh, I just listened today on my, on my run. I listened to uh, Pat the glory. They put out a survey, uh, and, uh, kind of talked through some of that. And I thought that was, uh, I thought there was some interesting listening. Um, and, you know, they'll be the first to say this. I think one of the things they learned is how hard it is to write a survey. Because uh, there's a bunch <laughs> where they were like, ah, gosh, I'm not exactly sure what people, you know, how people interpreted this question. And uh, my, my sister, who is a information science, library science uh, major, is would, would uh, 
be proud to hear that her, uh, her, uh, area of expertise is, is uh, getting a little respect over in our corner here. Cause, um, but, uh, it was, uh, it was cool to get some, uh, feedback and, uh, if you are listening to that, there, there's a, there's some strong emotions on display and I just encourage you to listen all the way through. Cause there's, there's some real, uh, thoughtful commentary as they, as they go. So, um, I don't, uh, I didn't have the same take all the way through as, as the host, but that's what makes it fun is to kind of hear, uh, it, you know, it's not fun when everybody agrees. So we get to hear some other takes. Uh, Matt, did you have, uh, something you wanted to shout out? Yeah, I wanted to shout out, uh, the, uh, battle for salvation episode, uh, about Canaan Reapers, um, that had, uh, my local buddy, Derek, uh, talking about the Bone Boys with uh, Max and Randall, and if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, it's pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's a good laugh, um, kind of both ends of the spectrum on on those two podcasts. Uh, yeah, that, that I I uh, really enjoyed lately. I yeah I I got a good kick out of it um, as they they found new ways to insert the word bro into almost every word. Uh, pretty, pretty <laughs> fun. And it, meanwhile, you know, you can hear, uh, Derek and Max lean into it and like Randall's soul slowly withering away. <laughs> over his and it, was, it was pretty entertaining as it should uh, be. Yeah. So yeah, good, good shout out. That was cool. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I actually ended up hearing the unedited version. Um, so mm. there was some extra stuff in there. <laughs> Did, uh, did he have uh, a song? He's been doing like a, a crazy song at the start of some of these episodes. Was the did you hear the edited uh, take? So so I heard unedited as well, and I actually uh, went back when the reupload happened to try to see if there was a song, and there there was not. Ah, uh, that's okay. He's he's got some gems in there, so uh, you got. Uh, I'm sure that's a lot a lot of work, and they're trying to hustle to get through uh, get through season four. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's okay. You can always uh, do a little cleanup. Maybe before uh, the street date of season five. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, well, we also ask, uh, what the heck is going on with you, Matt, as our guest? What the heck is going on with you? Uh, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, got a chance to go to uh, an Age of Sigmar tournament, Ooh, um, which right. was the first one I had ever played. Um, Lions of Sigmar? Yep. Yeah, I All played right. my Stormcast, 2,000 points, um, and I was hoping to win one game all day because uh-huh. uh, I'm pretty new to the system, and I ended up going 2-1 two, two and one and placed 8 out of 32. Whoa, wow. so, there you go. Overachieving. All yeah, right. I was pretty happy with that. Like it was, cool. uh, it was nice. There was a big raffle at the end. It was just lots of fun being back at a tournament in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, I think I kind of missed that vibe more than I realized. So yeah. uh, I think that first taste getting back will, will feel pretty good. Uh, Phil, uh, I know you've been busy. Is it, is it continuing the same? Are we staying on theme? Uh, well, uh, I am still busy. That is definitely still true and will continue to be true for quite a while still, I think. But I have started uh, looking forward to building decks without uh, Beastgrave. And mm. it's rough, people. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping that the starter set for season five adds some nice, uh, some nice options for us. Yeah, um, I think it'll be a pretty limited uh, set of playstyles when we first get in there, unless there's some sure. nice 
additions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting. Um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I just built a, uh, I've been playing a little like blade coven deck ooh. with only dire chasm cards. Cause I, ooh, I, I love the war band. Yeah. Um, I wish that they could perform. Um, yeah. so, so they're kind of my default, like, I just want to check some dice and I'll probably die. Um, yeah. war band. And, uh, I had some fun on the weekend, uh, playing with them. Yeah. But yeah, it's rough. That's a warband that's it's crazy to me. On on paper, after coming from Reavers, I'm like, look at this. Like, they're quick. They got uh, extra range. You know, they've got like, man, there's, they got a ton going for them. Uh, these these seem like they're Reavers, but better. And it's just like, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's hard to get <laughs> the pieces to click. You're like, I don't, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I've got some thoughts about that, but we could probably save that for later in the episode even because there's sure. some there's some stuff that I think lends itself to that. Perfect. Um, real quick, my most recent hobby was uh, our, our uh, local uh, Warhammer store fella, uh, Vint, was getting ready to go to a tournament. He needed some objective markers, uh, and so I was, was wanting to hook him up, uh, so I, I finished i painted up these uh the uh some of the uh terrain like the uh night vault terrain that mm -hmm. uh went to sort of floating gem things um and uh had got got some good luck with a kind of a contrast paint they they got a cool uh, effect on them totally unintentional haven't done it before uh but it was a it was a happy surprise and i guess uh, uh he brought them and he got some compliments so i'm i'm looking forward to uh getting them back and having a little bit of that to, uh, I don't know, make prettier pictures for my war brands as I go. <laughs> uh, nice. The, painting is the other thing that's slowing me up I, on the, um, uh, on the Hexodus blog. I, I have a, a post written and I'm hoping to finish off painting this war band for it. Uh, so I can get the next, uh, post up on that, but, uh, more when that happens. So let's get into it. We got, uh, we got a bunch of round table questions. We kind of, uh, brainstormed up some stuff. Uh, and we are going to throw it around. Um, so you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Love it. All right. Uh, I am going to start. Uh, let's see. We're going to ask. Um, so we've, we've had the full season. We'll talk about So I'll talk about Dire Chasm, but also talks about season four. I, I think of season four as the Beast Grave and Dire Chasm cards. Um, so, uh, just for terminology there, if we're talking season four, we're kind of talking, you know, like the, over the course of this year, which includes, you know, the existing beast grave stuff. And if we talk dire chasm only, that means we're limiting it to that, that sort of thing. So, um, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, what, let's start with the cards. We, we often start with the cards. So, uh, give me an objective, a gambit and an upgrade that was your favorite from this season and why. And it doesn't have to be the best, you know, it doesn't have to be the, the card that you thought was the best. Uh, just what did you think uh, of a you know a card that came out in Dark Chasm? Uh, and give me one from each category that's your favorite. And Matt, if you are ready, give us uh, any or all. Let's, let's do this. Right. Um, so for the objective, I picked Perfect Strike. Um, oh, a two yeah, glory a surge <laughs> for dealing exact damage and rolling only successes. <laughs> um, I think it's a really fun risk reward card. Um, yeah. I think it's really good for a lot of 
two smash attacks. Um, I, I think it's really good on my favorite warband, Rippa's. Mm. Um, so uh, it, it, it's just a really fun design because it's pretty hard to pull off, but you can mm. manipulate it in your favor. Yeah, you know Definitely. what? I had I had that in there as mine, and I was like, "This is really exciting." And I thought about, it, I'm like, the reason I'm even like thinking about this is because of a conversation with Matt. I think there's a good chance he's going <laughs> to snag it, so I I uh, I called an audible and switched off. But uh, I I really like that one. It's an exciting one uh, to go. Uh, let's keep it on you. What do you What do you got for a gambit? For for gambit, uh, I'm going to shout out quickly the essentials pack for reprinting my favorite gambit in the game in Counter Charge. But um, talking about literally just the season, uh, I'm going to go with Eternal Chase. Oh, you uh, did snatch one away from me there. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. Go, keep it going. I, I can uh, I can say hunting season because honestly, it's that effect oh, that I really yeah, like. Yeah, um, Eternal Chase though. Yeah, I, I really think it's super interesting design. I like the fact that it unlocks uh, in a persistent gambit the way that you can really manipulate any of the hunter quarry interactions on any objective card, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, other, other gambit or upgrade. Um, I, I really like the ability to counterplay with it as well. Like playing yeah. it in response to a spectral wings, yeah. like nothing feels yep. better than that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so it's such an interesting card. It does so much in one little package and it unlocks so much. It can double speeds of a warband. Uh, yeah. Like it, it, it's so interesting that it's not overly powerful, mm-hmm. and and that's what I really like. Is I think it does what it needs to do without breaking the game. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Some warbands really want it. Some are kind of interested, and in, uh, many of those warbands are wanting it for different reasons. And that's that's a really fun fun card for them to have, uh, to put together. So, uh, what do you got for upgrades? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, formidable defense. Hmm. Um, so minus one attack dice, pl- uh, plus one defense dice, and it makes you a quarry. Um, I, I think it is so interesting that it kind of takes the place of cards like acrobatic and um, spectral armor that we saw that were just a flat defense upgrade and mm-hmm. really gives a downside that is very meaningful mm-hmm. um, and, and says, okay, like you can have this very defensive fighter. They're just not going to be a powerhouse, you know, on the offensive. And, mm-hmm. and it's that trade off that I think is just super compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been, I mean, Phil, you've been using that in your, uh, stalkers deck yep uh and you know by and large you're putting on skinks right and so it's like okay you know like it doesn't matter if this one guy but then you've been in times like i guess i'm gonna make a one dice attack with this dude like here we go you know so the the trade-off is real even when you're putting on little fighters especially towards the end of the game where every attack is is pretty important yeah i mean it's more often than not like when when I'm using it in like stalkers, for instance, it's like I basically don't care about their attacks, but I, yeah. I really need to be able to stay on objectives. So I'm like, well, I don't care about the trade off. But then there are times where it's like all I need to do is knock you off this objective so that I can get on it and I need yeah. to hit you with one fury. Oops, that's going to be tough. So, yeah, I yep. mean, it can 
there's there's risk to that as well um, sure. even if you're putting it on like autopodal and he's suddenly <laughs> for defense or whatever uh, uh phil pro, do you have oh go ahead pro tip it combos with my first choice of perfect strike you're rolling <laughs> wow. out wow. one less dirty <laughs> <laughs> amazing sure. get the re-rolls in there and you're good to go exactly uh, <laughs> uh that uh that perfect strike meta coming soon um what uh phil what do you what's your suite of of choices here yeah so i mean there's a number of objectives that i think are fun um and good i i think the one that i like having in the game right now the most is probably dominant position Mm. um i think it's just a healthy choice for uh, hold objectives still end phase so you don't just get it immediately but it has a decent payoff and if you can just play around your opponent uh it's it's fairly scorable but it but it has easy interaction um so it's it's you know it, it's hard to completely lock it out mm-hmm. um like some of the tactical you know genius tactical uh whatever the ones for holding two were called i can't remember supremacy yeah yeah. Um, but, but anyway, so having, you know, specific numbers matter meant that sometimes like a single push locked you out of a ton of damage or a, lo- a ton of glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas dominant position, sometimes, even if your opponent has pushes, if they didn't, if they just ignored objectives, you can still score it. Um, so I think it, it, it helps bridge some of the gap that we had from beast grave where hold objectives got too much help and brought things back into line um, a little bit. In terms of ploys, there's a lot of really good choices in here. Um, I think ploys maybe are some of the strongest suite of cards um, in Season 4. There's just lots of really good options, and nothing that I think is... Well, not nothing, but there, <laughs> there's a number of things that are, are like perfectly fine to continue to exist. Like we don't have to be too concerned about things like a speed package existing again or stuff that became too ubiquitous. Um, but one card that I really enjoy being in the game, although I don't think it's really getting much use right now because it's a little hard to build around, is Acidic Strike. Ooh, um, you guys are killing me. All right. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I just, I really love um having the kind of interaction where you're not just playing into killing fighters but also being able to like play with your opponent's resources um Mm -hmm. i think that kind of control play style has a place in the game um it's still tied to attack so it's not just like play a card destroy an upgrade because sometimes hard control can get a little out of hand in this game but um tying it to an attack where you can like if you know you can't get the kill at least you can like wear down your opponent a little bit and i think that Mm -hmm. can be pretty strong for the upgrades um i mean there's a lot of really strong ones but a lot of the really strong ones i don't actually like being in the game all that much uh there's (laughs) a lot of just plus dice right now which i don't think is necessarily where things should be it's maybe a little too easy to get lots of extra dice and damage right now um but i did 
really enjoy. <laughs> so I really like Berserker Rage um, just because nice. I think that's a fun, like, well, it is plus dice and plus damage. It's a nice trade off in that, like, that fighter is basically dead now. Um, like, all your opponent has to do is roll a success and they're getting hit, and that likely means they're dead. So um, I like the trade off that you have there. Um, and it also lets me play Reavers and have a whole bunch of fun with letting my guys die. <laughs> uh, good choices. Uh, for Absolutely. me, my, uh, I was, uh, my, my objective was dominant position, uh, just because I thought it was so defining and I thought it gave, uh, I thought it gave, uh, I thought it made objectives matter for everyone. You know, instead mm-hmm. of one person just trying to get to three, it was, well, I've bumped him off of enough. Like, you know, if I got a spare fighter, is it worth it for me to step on one to maybe shut down dominant? I thought that was cool. So my backup is uh, clean kills uh, also because it's a two glory, it's aggro, and then it's got counterplay. Like, I think it's, yep. I think it's a pretty uh, fun, I don't know that it's, you know, the strongest, but I think it's one that especially as rotation occurs, you're going to be looking at um, when uh, when your options are more limited. I think it. I love objectives that have counterplay like dominant position. So, Definitely. Um, yeah. Agreed. Uh, I was eternal chase for reasons already mentioned. I was a, my backup was acidic strike for reasons already mentioned. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's good because it can rotate in. Uh, and then landed at my, if I was like, if I got to go three deep, then I'm going to, I'm going to cheat and go into like a, a faction card. Uh, and so I went with shared pain, uh, Ooh, just because, uh, so good. There's so many cool tricks and it's such a, it's such a mind game when you're playing against it. Uh, you're, you're trying to watch, okay. Like they're close, you know, how close are they to each other? And I, it's just, uh, I, I really enjoy the, I, I was playing in our league final against Brian and I, I was trying to play around and finally I'm like, I, I just got to make my play and hope he doesn't have it. If he's got it, I'm in trouble. And he, he didn't, but, uh, I, I loved how hard I was having to work around just the possibility that he had it. It was pretty, pretty sweet. So, um, for the, uh, for the upgrades, I really liked the, uh, space that the Savage Speed, uh, sat in. Uh, I thought the minus one defense plus two speed gain Hunter. It was a cool set of uh, trade-offs. Uh, so if you're trying to lead into lean into a hunter situation, uh, that was good. I just I like that whole that whole vibe. I thought it was uh, a well-designed card, um, and I was. Uh, it's just such a small tweak off of. I mean, even savage strength, even even a smaller tweak off of great strength. Uh, but I thought it was mm-hmm. neat how how much different you could be with just uh, just a couple minor changes to a card. So uh, that was where I landed. Well, uh, let's talk, give me, uh, what was your favorite, we'll say a favorite thing about, uh, the Dire Chasm release as a whole. Now this could be a design choice or, or whatever. That's, that's broad as, as you want it. So Matt, we'll come back around to you. You have an overall favorite thing. I, I feel like I'm going to steal your guys' <laughs> things again, but I think my favorite thing about Dire Chasm has been the interactive control options. Mm. You know, like uh, we talked about it a lot in our favorite cards. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel like the play style really evolved 
and there's so many more options, but they all involve your opponent. Um, and and I thought that that was really super compelling. I think the design space of, of a lot of the cards has been really fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun to, to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, Phil? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's similar. Uh, I like... I like that they're starting to push warbands to be like more unique, to do more things that are different from other warbands. So like you mentioned with um, the Dread Pageant, how they have a really unique mechanic in their card to be able to spread damage around. Um, obviously, Elthane Soul Raid has a ton of like really interesting mechanics that they can do that are completely new to the game and very different from what anything else can do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I guess you can keep going, but like I get uh, the, the one other that I'll say is from the vampires, like having essentially two different inspire mechanics on the same fighters. I think uh, it allows for a whole bunch more flexibility. It makes make sure that the game is just not going to get stale and i and i really think that that's something that they need to continue to push um Mm -hmm. even if it means that they may be like overswing or underswing on some things like i would rather that we have really interesting mechanics in the game and potentially get the balance slightly off than to have very safe mechanics that mean that we don't end up uh like blowing out any sort of like cards being too strong or anything, but then having everything feel very samey. Mm. That, uh, that kind of dovetails with, with mine. Uh, my favorite thing about uh, the dire chasm release was that they managed to make so many interesting war bands again and again, when I try out one of the new war bands, I'm like, I'm having a ton of fun with this. You know, like we, we played the, uh, mad mob and, I was using the deck that you'd built and I was, I was giving and, you know, giving away and picking back up the, uh, primacy and having all kinds of cool tricks. And, uh, after we had, uh, Rewall on for talking Ideneth, I went and played them and loved playing that. Like it was again and again, uh, playing Warbands was just kind of wowed by how fun they were and how interesting the mechanics were. And I, uh, I feel like, I've experienced that with previous seasons, but not on such a consistent uh, level throughout the throughout the season. So, uh, hats off to them for for uh, how they how they put those warbands together. Definitely, um, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get the other side of that. Is do you have um, do you have a regret or disappointment about? Uh, we'll say we'll call it season four rather than the Dire Chasm release here. So. Um, Something, something that you're kind of wishing was, uh, wishing could have been different. And, uh, we'll go back to you, Matt. Um, I, I think just with the season being completely within, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I, I think lack of events and lack of like kit support. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm just really sad. There won't be all dart cards of most of yeah. these fighters. Um, I, I'm sad that there's no promos or acrylics. Um, 
you know, like that, that cycle of even going to local tournaments is, it's just fun and to get everybody swag and to get everybody excited about the game. Um, obviously like it hasn't been the time for tournaments, mm-hmm. um, this season. So there, there's not much that could have been done on that point, but it is something that, you know, for a season that had a lot of promise, um, mm-hmm. it would have been really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I don't, I don't think I realized how much I, I missed that piece of it, uh, until, uh, we were, we were in the other day and I was kind of looking through the old boxes, trying to, trying to find, uh, we're looking for, uh, basically what was in there. I was like, oh man, just, and I was just picturing like all, all the stuff that could have been for season four. as was, was yeah. but, uh, Phil, what about mm-hmm. you? Well, so there's a couple things. Uh, I guess I'll just start by saying that in a similar vein to having things disrupted for play with COVID, um, having the release cycles get all messed up really Mm. felt bad. Um, Like there were times where it just felt like it was just a ridiculous pace of releases and we never really got a chance to breathe uh, with a war band. Um, And I feel like now we've had an opportunity to really appreciate them, but um, I don't know. There's something that's always been fun about the game with like getting the new war bands, getting the new cards and then having, you know, a pause to sort of play with all the new stuff, integrate it, rework decks, trying to, you know, see what sticks. Um, I almost feel like until until the final release of this series of sets that we'd never really even had that because it was like as soon as you got something built, there'd be a new set of cards come out and you'd be like, all right, here we go. Start over. Well, Um, let me ask you if if it had started, uh, if it had started on time, We've now kind of experienced what it feels like to have warbands come out one at a time and what it feels like mm-hmm. to have them come out in pairs. Do you have a preference, uh, you know, adjust the one at a time, maybe spread that out a little bit because it, even the one at a time was compressed uh, this, yeah. this season because of that. Do you, what, what's your, uh, what do you think your preference would be if you were king of dire chasm, king of, king of underworlds and got to decide? Yeah. Well, if I was Nagash, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I You'd be would. Dead. <laughs> I think I like just one release at a time. Um, it's not a like it's just enough cards to change things up. Um, it gives it gives the spotlight to that warband, um, and allows for you know pretty consistent releases without it being like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like there can be releases where there's just like almost nothing for your warband, And that can kind of feel bad if you're like really into one warband and your playstyle didn't really get any new support. You're like, well, I guess I just keep rocking what I've got. Um, yeah. But I think, I think just generally I like, I like getting each warband to have its own room to breathe. Um, what what about you, Matt? If you could, uh, if you could, if you could uh, make the make the decision on that, where would you go with it? Uh, I I think I actually probably at the start of the season would have said single release, um, but but thinking about it more, I actually really liked the pairs, um, mm. and, and the reason being is I felt like then when the warbands released uh you kind of had a split of what people were playing 
mm. as opposed to just, well, everybody's playing the exact new Warband and it's going to be a bunch of mirror matches. Mm, um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember clearly like when Eltharis and Thundric dropped, it was kind of this split in our local scene where it was like some people were into dwarves and some people were into elves. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because, you know, it was kind of like, okay, you know, uh, you, you got practice into both. And it wasn't just here's the one uh, warband coming out that you might not be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for for me, I think I'm exactly the same boat. I think coming in, I was like, yeah, one at a time sounds great. But I think I think the pair and I hadn't even, you know, maybe put that piece of it. But I think I do like some of those periods of relative stability i we've said many times that we like when the game is in flux but after having it be in flux for the entire season that was uh a little bit too much uh so i like the i like the uh kind of you know like in musically you'd call it like sort of the tension release where like you'd you'd get to you know get to kind of a steady state and then uh shuffle it all up you know shake it all up uh, that that makes the exciting times maybe a little more exciting uh, because you've you've reached some uh, however briefly steady state and I I wonder and this kind of leads me into my little bit of a disappointment um, I wonder if that led to difficulty in creating an FAQ or a far you know yeah. if the if the meta is never stable it gets more difficult to figure out like what the problem if there is a problem might be. Uh, and there's too many, you know, too, too many new things like, well, let's, let's delay the FAQ a little bit longer. Cause now we got to deal with these things and we got to get these answers. Right. So, uh, which is to say, then my, my biggest disappointment was just, uh, getting through the whole season and we're not sure of the timing on primacy and, and a couple of things. And that, that horse has been, uh, beaten to death a, a few times over, um, <laughs> in other places, but, uh, uh, it, it is just disappointing. There's some things that I think, you know, even I think you could, there's, there's a plenty of questions you could come up with, but I think you could probably get yourself a list of like 10 important ones that would, would clear up a whole bunch of things for us. So, uh, and a lot of it hinges around primacy. Uh, Cause that's, yeah. A, and that, that feels like a, a, some, to some degree a failure in the play testing process somewhere. Um, that because uh, that that seems like a po- pretty important thing. You've got this thing that's happening after, and they've they've been real good about uh, laying out the timing, laying out the attack sequence, that sort of thing. Um, and so, I would expect it will be cleaned up at some point um, because they've they've shown that they are capable of doing so. Um, but uh, I, I just don't understand quite how we got through the whole season without that. So only only can guess or speculate why. Um. Let's see. Let's go. Let's split the difference here. Is there something that you feel on the fence about? Like at the end of the season, uh, when's all, all said and done, uh, that you are not sure whether you like or do not like, um, as far as a, a design choice or a warband or a card, um, where, where are you at? Uh, give me, give me something that you still haven't made up your mind about. Uh, we'll go to you, Matt. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, the primacy mechanic. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the pick mm-hmm. one. Um, I, I I think it's been a very polarizing thing. I, um, I, I early on I, I would say that I definitely didn't like it, and I think there's been more ways to manipulate it, and more ways that it's it's gone up and down. Um, I, I feel like it 
really brings a one-shot focus mm. to the game. Uh, again, I think it really can be a rich get richer. Like I've mm-hmm. just got a fighter with, you know, because I got great strength early and you didn't, I I'm now going to get primacy all the time and, mm. and you might not be able to one shot my fighters. Um, there's, you know, uh, I, I think it can be very interesting. Uh, but I'm, like I said, I think I'm just on the fence about it. I'm on the fence on whether I think it adds and, and, whether or not it's it's going to be around in you know seasons after this, other than mm. headcrackers, like that mm-hmm. that's going to be a really interesting one to me. Like, is this now sure. something that we're always living with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're still living with magic, uh, but how many of these other ones will will get added or become you know sort of permanent dwellers in our game? Phil, do you have something that meets this criteria? Something you're on the fence about? Yeah. Um... So I was originally thinking that this might just be something I was disappointed about, but I, I, I kind of oscillate back and forth about it. So I think it fits really well in here and that we've seen a lot of emphasis on objective or upgrade stacking um, and, and being rewarded for stacking upgrades. And I just don't know. I don't know that I like that as a, like a payoff in the game like ostensibly getting multiple upgrades is already a good thing to do on a fighter. Um, You're already getting improved stats, extra weapons, better attacks, what have you. And I don't know that you really need there to be a bigger payoff for having more upgrades. Um, And like there was certain points in this season where it felt kind of oppressive um, for somebody just kind of doing what they would always do anyway and then having it snowball out of control. So I, on the one hand, it's like, well, adding in more ways to score, I think, is going to be important going forward with the game. Because like I said, like having warband diversity is a thing that adds, um, uh, you know, it adds interest to the game. If everybody starts just being somewhere in a sort of gray middle ground of uh, flex, then everything you know it's like just different skins on the same warbands so well well it could be good i think if we continue to see like tons of upgrades where it's like if you have four of these upgrades suddenly your fighter turns into you know a monster and can't ever be stopped it it, you know it can become polarizing for warbands that can't benefit as much from that sure uh for me, I'm gonna get real specific, and I'm gonna get real specific with a with a particular warband, which I may be my favorite warband to play. Um, and my my I'm on the fence is uh, Spinefin. I think mm. he's such a cool fighter, or cool piece of that, and integral to the warband. Uh, but I I think I'm on the fence because of the language, and maybe this would get cleared up with an FAQ. But the, when you say like this fighter cannot be taken out. If it would be, then take it off the board. Like you create so many difficult, difficult decisions when that happens. Like there's, there's a lot of things that are like, I'm not exactly sure how this interacts or, or certainly for newer players, it's, it's kind of a nightmare um, for understanding how that fish, like what you can and can't score off that fish and what Mm -hmm. works and doesn't work. And uh, 
you know, what reactions can trigger at what point is the whole thing interrupted. And, uh, and so while I love all the cool tricks, uh, I'm on the fence because, uh, when you introduce a lot of sort of uncertain elements, then it's, uh, it's a little bit of a bummer sometimes, uh, with the game experience. So, uh, love hate relationship with that piece there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to your other point with primacy and just that, like, we just need clarification. Like there's always Mm -hmm. rules questions and there always will be. So like Mm -hmm. having six month hiatuses of no like designer commentary to just understand what it was intended to do, Mm -hmm. I think is almost like it's kind of unacceptable, really. Like yeah. you're, you're marketing a game as being like the ultimate competitive war game or whatever. And then you have very important like questions about how the game functions that aren't getting answered that should be fairly yeah. quick to answer. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so we've, we've talked a bunch about primacy. Um, primacy was one of the two key mechanics that uh, arrived with with dire chasm hunger being the other and uh, for the purposes of season four i'm going to include hunter and quarry because that kind of really matured this season uh so we've we've spent a lot of time on primacy so let's let's talk give me your take on how you feel they executed hunger and then uh where you feel the hunter quarry got to in season four matt um well hunger is really just for vampires um it it there, there was no effective way to make that happen. Like, and, and there's design space that could have been, Hey, here's a 21st card. You don't put it in your deck and it, mm-hmm. you know, g- give one fighter a hunger counter at the start of every round. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like it just starts in play, um, mm-hmm. which, which is effectively activating the hunger. Um, there, there were ways to make it available to every other warband. It's just not available. And, and mm-hmm. that's the real problem. Like you might, have something to reference it and be like, Oh, Hey, I actually got a hunger counter. I can, I get cleave on this ferocious blow. Um, mm. surprising. Um, <laughs> but it, it really is just a vampire mechanism. And, and like the raise cards in the first arena mortis, like they just become in faction cards for one war band. Yeah. And we saw that some early on with it, with uh Hrothgorn and Hunter Quarry, there were so many cards that were effectively only only his. And I think I think you just give yourself a really difficult task when you have to write cards that are really have like a huge ceiling with one war band and uh but still you would like to be useful with other war bands. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think they had a, a pretty tough task there. Anything to add about the, the hunger piece, Phil? Yeah, I mean, basically, it, it it's kind of in the same space that uh, Quarry was, I think, at the end of Beastgrave, where there's plenty of cards that interact with the mechanic, but there's just no payoff. Like, there's no reason to be a Quarry. And in fact, being Quarries like it used to be where it was like being a quarry has no downside but as soon as someone plays Hrothgorn you're like well crap now I have all this stuff that's an active like well I guess it's not an active problem but he's playing all the stuff that cues off of being a quarry and yeah so you don't want to just continue to stack that um so like with with hunger it feels like we're probably going to continue to get it 
and maybe we won't, but I feel like it's going to end up being in the same state where it's like the payoffs are going to come in the next season. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then it's going to be like, oh, you now have an incentive to include these cards that otherwise just didn't do enough for you to, you know, take up deck space. Yeah, um, I mean, they'll, they'll still be in, in a dangerous spot with the vampires. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if there'd been a, a in the same way that Primacy had a separate card, although maybe this would be too much bloat. But uh, Hunger was advertised as this like a little bit is good, too much is bad. And there were a few cards that demonstrated that like uh, Feral Symbiote. If you got too many Hunger, you start taking damage. And mm-hmm. uh, I think there was uh, something like Oppressive Heat or something like that where know too much people with too much hunger would get penalties i wonder if there was like a universal ish rule in the same way that primacy exists almost universally you know like any fighter at the end of the round any fighter with three or more hunger takes a damage or or something like that or or, you know has one less defense or you know whatever there there may have been a way to and i don't know if that changes anything um uh but uh yeah there there may have been another way to go about it um Hunter Quarry, where where do we feel like? How do we feel like that uh, showed itself in season four? I I think it's in a really good spot, which I was kind of surprised by. Um, like, there's good reasons to be hunters. There's good reasons to be quarries. Um, I feel like, and maybe this is intentional, but I feel like hunter mechanics tend to lean aggro. Quarry mechanics seem to have payoffs that are more control or hold objectives and it feels very appropriate um and i really like the interaction that it still has um there's a lot of cards that are four hunters that trigger off of quarries there's a couple things that's like quarries that trigger off of dealing with hunters um so it feels like they they really found a balance they hit a stride i i mean Maybe it's just my take, but I I feel like it's in a really great spot, and I actually really enjoy playing quarry stuff with the stalkers. I think it's it's really fun. I would uh, I would challenge a little bit about the uh, and so I'll, I'll say this I, I I think it's in a pretty good spot. I think it matters to be a hunter in a quarry, and that's interesting. My the piece I would challenge is that I I feel like they could have done a little bit better leaning into a, a particular thing like. Um, there's a lot of quarry that gives you like cleave or an extra dice on attack or, you know, there's a lot of. Yeah. Offensive. And so I, I feel like the roles of hunter and quarry are, are a little more muddied. Uh, I think they might've, might've been able to differentiate with some clear roles. I don't know. What do you feel about the hunter quarry situation, Matt? Um, I would say that probably the beast grave season gave us a lot of, incentive to be a hunter and i feel like right now it's way more important to be a quarry Mm. um and and so i think it's it's kind of vacillated back and forth um but i but i think like the war bands the cards and players are interacting with the mechanism and i think that that's what makes a successful mechanism Mm -hmm. so whether or not it's it's perfect like like you mentioned magic earlier and nobody's playing magic like, like that's rare. You play, you know, the good spell in your faction and, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, I, uh, sorry, go ahead, baby. Oh, I, I was just going to say it, it's, it's funny. Like you say, people are, people are playing it now and that's a, that's good to the extent that there are hunter quarry cards from, from Beastgrave that I am convinced are part of Direchasm. 
I was going to put as, uh, yeah. as an objective that I like from Dire Chasm as the hunter hunted. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I really like that one. And I'm looking through, I'm like, where is it? And I'm like, oh my God, it's <laughs> Peasgrave. It's, it's about to go. No. Yeah. Uh, well, because it didn't really unlock until you hit Dire Chasm. Um, completely agreed. And yeah. so I think like, that's actually kind of perfect transition because, um, uh, one of the questions that I wrote was kind of favorite card combo. Yeah, let's um, do it. And and mine was the hunter hunted and hunting season or eternal yeah, chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it was something that I was playing early in the season, um, and it, the the hunter hunted is a two glory surge for a quarry killing a hunter, um, which is really easy to do. And I, I learned in the Alliance League that Path to Glory ran, um, that uh, I never realized that all the Crypt Ghouls and Grimwatcher Hunters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Slake Slash got to walk up oh. activation one, uh, three fury, two damage into the Butcher, and I scored turn tables and the Hunter hunted for a four oh, glory boy. kill. Oh, man. <laughs> if that feels good, dropping, dropping just a little ghoul and knocking that down. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I, I just think there's so much there. Like, like I love hunting season and eternal chase for reasons that I've talked about, but just opening those up and saying, anytime I kill this round, it's, I'm getting this two glory surge. Oh, mm. it's, it's, it's just a really fun little interaction. Mm. Yeah. Phil, did you have a, did you have a favorite combo? Um, not especially mostly because, I was playing a ton of stalkers and the stalkers didn't use a ton of combos per se. There's a Mm. lot of fun interaction that you can do with like teleports and moving objective mechanics and things to get on objectives easily and then be able to score. Um, But it's not exactly a combo um, because it's only just like play a card. Uh, That's that's not a combo. Uh, (laughs) Two cards. But um, there's a couple things that I think we just recently got that I think should allow for interesting interactions with cards that could be for make for fun combos um, from the most recent Arena Mortis set. So one of them that I think we even just talked about on the combo episode, funny enough, uh, that the combo episode had tons of combo stuff that we talked about. Um, But like having some of those setup attacks uh, mm-hmm. weapons, even if you're not playing the actual combo keyword mechanic, mm-hmm. are like guaranteed hits. So if we continue to have stuff like Acidic Strike or, uh, you know, things that trigger off of like driving a fighter back, if you want to like guarantee that that stuff happens, use an attack like the setup where it only does one damage, but it's like a 75% chance of a success because all mm-hmm. you have to do is roll a success. Mm-hmm. Um like, I like that kind of stuff. I don't That's want awesome. there to be like huge combos where it's like, and I just win the game because unless it's like a three or four card setup, which that would be cool. But if it's like, I play this card and this card and then, hey, look, your whole warband is dead, which like that, that, that's, that's maybe too easy. Um, which in some ways, uh, getting back mighty swing kind of enables, but there's positioning <laughs> stuff that have, has to happen with that. So, sure. um, but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of fun, fun cards. I, uh, a lot of the, like, 
on fighter death mechanics that you get in the arena mortis sets i think are also things that have potential for combos but isn't very well supported and i don't think it will be mm-hmm. because they just like lean away from that pretty heavily um but it's some of the stuff that at the end of season two was some of my most favorite things to do especially with reavers and the blue horror mm-hmm. how about you Davey? uh well i correctly guessed that uh matt might snake that uh hunter hunted <laughs> out from under me so uh i had a backup uh and this is a pretty simple one but uh it leans into those uh savage upgrades that i was talking about and uh playing reavers i liked getting that uh getting like savage strength savage visage out and then all of a sudden yeah uh nice. yeah uh blooded sake is flying in for four damage with full rerolls that feels pretty good um definitely so, uh those those are uh it's a it's a simple combo and both those cards work just fine on their own uh and so yep. i think that's why i particularly enjoyed it uh, there it was because it didn't feel like oh man if i don't get both parts of this then what am i even doing you know so right uh, and that's that sort of goes back to the point of like maturing the hunter quarry mechanic and that mm. we are opening up those mechanics to all the warbands now that didn't have access to them innately and i feel like that's where a lot of these kinds of mechanics need to be um which hunger is not and so hopefully we can get to that point yeah uh yeah i would agree uh good good question there matt actually let's go with your other ones because your I, I like this one too um give us your best underworld's memory or match from the season so uh, m- most memorable moment we'll call it uh matt can you think of one can you bring one up and say this is it yeah i think um the one that uh like uh, i would say the alliance league path to glory in general that was mm. a really fun time um it was a it was a really cool thing to take uh uh take part in um and favorite match would have been my semifinal game uh against gora mm. um uh, I was playing Dread Pageant into Ripa, um, and had had kind of tooled things into, you know, just a very control stance, and um, it was like facing a dark mirror of myself, um, <laughs> because I know the Warband very well. So it was uh, it was a very tense match, uh, and came down to one glory the first game. And I won on objectives the second game. Um, like it was something like a one glory differential over two games. Um, but it was a really like, it, it, it's one of those matches that you walk away from and you're just exhausted. I think it was like 10 a.m. and I was just, I was done for the day. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, Phil, you got a, you got a memorable moment? So I think. It's not like anything gameplay wise, but I after we were away from being able to play for so long, getting to just get together in Aaron's backyard and play some real physical underworlds again was probably the highlight uh, <laughs> yeah. of of the season. Um, Stalker's chosen axes, as I recall. Yeah, well, nice. and, and having Stalker's loose to chosen axes, <laughs> but it was just like it. There's nothing 
like super crazy memorable in terms of gameplay but like yeah it just felt good to roll dice again and like i just don't get the same feeling from playing online um and it's great that we can uh but like just just being there in person moving models rolling dice this is just really awesome um and I guess it's not any one particular memory, but like I I do have a lot of fond memories of like trying to MacGyver my way out of games <laughs> that do go poorly with stalkers and being like, okay, I've got three skinks left. How can I, you know, maneuver and get get glory? And and somehow they seem to do it fairly frequently, not necessarily winning, but like keeping games close, which just always feels pretty good. Yeah. Uh for me, I'm going to give an honorable mention to a couple of games of Eyes of the Nine against uh, Skyler's <laughs> uh, Wild Hunt, which they were just insane and came down to like just a few choices, it's just exactly how you want an Underworlds game to go. You know, where there's some there's some big swings and it, it came down to the last few power cards and dice rolls. Um, I, those were really enjoyable and he's a he's a great guy to play against for those. Um, but I, I also uh, participated in the uh, Alliance League and then the uh, the Nations Cup, uh, which wasn't Alliance format, but had a similar vibe where you were kind of doing matchups. And uh, weirdly, I'm going to give it to, I had a mirror match of Rippas versus Rippas uh, against, I think, Yannick from Poland. Uh, and he, I think, is a, I would say he's a, on balance, a better Rippers Ripa's player than I am, or, you know, certainly had more experience and it was just great. Cause I, I played the mirror before I'd actually played the mirror in the path to glory, um, uh, uh, Alliance league. And so I had some experience with it and we both, I feel like we both knew pretty well, you know, the, the, the war band. And it was just fun to see he had a, he had a really good plan coming in and it was fun to see him set up. And I had to kind of adapt on the fly to be like, oh, I didn't anticipate, you know, as, as much as I maybe should have, uh, because it was like, uh, it was an open lists thing. So he, we both knew each other's lists pretty well. And he, he correctly read the, read the, read the room basically. Um, and I had, I had some dice luck to help me there, but it was, uh, it was fun where it was like, I know, you know, that I know that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do this. And it, it created some great tension of like, can I find a way to make you attack my Ripa before you should? How hard can I pressure you with this uh, so I can get the other guys inspired? Um, you haven't shown uh, narrow escape yet. For me, uh, I had a bunch of reactions in my deck, and so I tried to make a point of always keeping at least a couple power cards in hand to like at least be able to bluff. Like, yeah, I, I might have Furious Reprisal. I might have narrow escape. Like, I might have. Uh, yeah. Uh, the go on guard one. Why am I blanking on that? But uh, um, buried instinct. Uh, so it was it was a it was a fun chess match, and I feel like I learned a lot just in the in the match watching somebody really good with Ripa's play them. So That's that was fun. mine. Yeah, wouldn't have expected to spin spin my answer on a on a mirror match, but here we <laughs> are. So if it makes you feel better, I also love that mirror. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a really like interesting match uh yeah unlike a lot of mirrors that i've played i i don't yeah i I think it's really compelling yeah um let's go let's go one more so we've we've talked we'll we'll have a couple more but one more one more about season four 
uh, we are about to see Beast Grave rotate out. What are you going to miss the most when Beast Grave rotates out? Uh, that I, I guess we're basically talking about the universal pool here. Um, Matt, is there is there something that you're already tearing up over the idea of uh, no longer seeing it? I, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to set the tempo. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I named a yeah. blog after it. And I actually think it's just really compelling design space. And um, mm. like you guys were just doing on, on your episode about, you know, combo deck building, like sometimes you just fall into it naturally, um, w- which I think is actually what you want for deck synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, uh, the other thing is the Shrine of the Silent People board. Um, Ooh. I really like that board. Um, I really like <laughs> the two hexes right up front. Um, fits my play style very well. Um, and, and like, it's, you know, I I was starting to rotate cards and boards and stuff the other day and it was just kind of sad to see that one go. Man, here I was saying like, I guess we're just talking about universal cards and Matt comes in with the boards (laughs) thinking two steps ahead, this guy, there you go. Uh, Phil, any, any, uh, regrets about to come about sad to use. So a couple things, um, I'm a little torn. I don't know like how much I'm going to miss it, but I we're losing pieces of the speed package. Like it's it's basically just not going to be viable once Beast Grave is gone unless they add more to it. Um and well well that's sad for me because I like it with Skinks. It's it's probably good because it it was almost too easy. It's like it's three really easy surges. Um so maybe it's a good thing it's going to be gone, although I will miss it. Um, and then similar to Set the Tempo being gone, while Stalkers have their in-faction better version of Set the Tempo, um, we're losing a lot of the good dual cards. Like the only ones mm-hmm. left that are good are going to be really aggro. Yeah, And it's making it really hard for me to build a deck that uses uh, the great plan because I just don't know where I'm going to get the duels from. Um, unless I just go aggro, which then feels really weird. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm hoping we see some more duels because like, there's just not a lot of support for them right now once we rotate. Yeah, that'd uh, be interesting. I mean, I think we are. I think that's that's a thing you can count on seeing moving forward it feels like a format they're gonna gonna continue but uh yeah i guess i guess you care because you got the great plan to to feed so <laughs> yeah i mean i need i like the card doesn't work if you don't have scorable duels and yeah fair yeah um i uh i went back and forth a little bit and uh for me it's a little bit of a a, a hidden pick but uh I think uncontested um i i kind of like the the pressure that could be put on an aggro warband with uh the dominant position uncontested thing like mm-hmm. the i like the like okay i really have to take this seriously i don't care about objectives but i know the other person does and i've i've very rarely been in the position to uh to be the one scoring uncontested i'm usually the warband that's trying to not have it scored on him <laughs> Although, the same uh, year. I, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, although I hated, you know, like, oh, great. You scored seven glory in this end phase because you dominant position, uncontested, whatevered me, uh, great gains me or something. 
I, I, I enjoyed the, the pressure of like having to say like, okay, like here's my best charge, but maybe my actual best charge is onto this objective over here. Uh, and it's a less cool attack, but it, it forces the other player to try to do something about it. So, um, that, uh, I'm sure there will be something to come in to replace it at some point, but I thought that was, a I thought that was part of what made, uh, uh, hold objective and face scoring, um, powerful, which I think was, uh, a dynamic I enjoy in the game. So definitely, uh, that's what that's looking that's looking behind us let's look ahead of us uh we're, we just we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up here we got two left so what what do you hope to see in season five and we've kind of touched on some of this throughout but uh what this can be this can be anything like what's your what's your big hope for season five matt um i, I think the biggest thing that i can say is just more people playing mm-hmm. honestly more people playing this game um mm-hmm and engaged and, and in the community and at our tournaments. Um, when I'm talking design wise, um, I actually want to see warband rotation. It's mm-hmm. something that I'm really hoping for. Um, I, I, I've said this kind of to some friends and Hey, like I'd be happy if rip is rotated out and they just weren't an option for me. I'd be happy <laughs> if, if the warband left with this season. Um, and I, uh, you know, it, it'll force me out of comfort zones. It'll force force the, you know, uh, a much easier set of warbands to balance the meta around. Mm. Um, I, you know, like I'd, I'd be a big fan of, of, you know, for championship format, just, just rotate them out. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you have to at some point. Like if you just look far enough ahead, the numbers just get too big. It gets unwieldy. Um, <laughs> and so if you ask me, should we rotate warbands? short-sightedly you know a year or two ago i say no of course not but now staring down the barrel of you know 40 war bands about to be the the number that we're looking at is it's like oh okay never mind we we do need to uh do something about that so yeah i i would agree with that um phil hopes yeah um i hope we revisit mechanics I don't really I don't think that the rule set has gotten big enough that we should see mechanics disappear yet. Um, I think that's mostly because we're only adding like one every season. So it's not like we're getting a whole bunch of stuff to have to try and work with. And and like hunger doesn't even have enough support yet. So I really hope that we see that. I don't really know what to expect with primacy, but I hope it's still there. And then I hope we get something new um, just because I feel like it adds flavor to the game. Um, And I think we need to revisit magic. We already mentioned that like no one's playing it right now. Um, And I think from its inception, we had even talked some about like, what are some of the maybe shortcomings of magic and what, I think there was a while there where, uh, Davey, your prediction was always that we were going to get an upgrade that made a fighter a one, a level one wizard, and it yeah. just never came. Yeah. Um, Wrong. But, you know, maybe, maybe this season, maybe this will be the time. <laughs> uh, and I just feel like like it's a it's such an integral part of Warhammer. Like if we just even want to take a step back from the mechanics of the game and just talk about 
Like this is a setting that is high fantasy. Magic is an integral part of Warhammer. Not having magic in the game just feels wrong. Um, so I really hope that we can can see it revisited, see it improved, tweaked, made useful enough for all warbands that it actually gets played rather than just one warband continuing to use magic when it starts to become strong again. Hmm. Uh, I guess for me, it's, uh, it's right along the, the same lines, uh, as Matt, I'd like to see more people playing. Uh, and I think kind of hand in hand with that, I'd like to see them kill it with the warbands in the same way. They'd, like I would love to have another season enjoying new warbands as much as I've enjoyed the warbands coming out that came out, uh, through dire chasm. Uh, and I think, I think if theoretically at least some part of this season gets played in a non COVID dominated situation, uh, then maybe they would get a chance to shine in the way that season four warbands, uh, didn't. Um, and I think that, I think that would see us with, uh, with more people playing. So, um, yeah, last one. And we're going to keep this real brief because by the time this comes out, people are going to know whether we're wrong or right. So, but that's part of the fun, uh, of it. Uh, little warband speculation. Uh, you can, you can make it wish listy or you can make it likely. I, I'm going to set aside. We, we can already, you know, presume we're going to see cruel boys and we're going to see, uh, uh, Thunderstrike style, uh, Stormcast Eternals. But, uh, any other warbands you're expecting to see this, this season coming up or hoping to? Um, I think, uh, it would be really cool to see a Cities of Sigmar mm. warband. Um, I think it'd yep. be really cool if they themed it around the Dawnbringer Crusades. Yeah. Um, that would be a really cool because that's like a mystical quest somewhere. Um, and, and kind of ties right into the underworld's lore. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of was, was thinking down those lines lately about, you know, how they, how they could bring that into, uh, into underworld. I think they can make a really cool looking warband with that too. That'd be really fun. Agreed. Now that, that was definitely my like likely pick. I, it just feels one, we don't have cities yet. And two, it just feels like it it dovetails too easily and too nicely for them to just continue to ignore cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like the model range would be great because they have so many different factions within the faction to be able to include like one-off fighters from each of those, um, which would be really cool. If I had to go wish listy, I I think so. We've seen all the different chaos factions. We've, I mean, we basically have every faction except for cities at this point and gargans. I don't think we're going to get a gargan. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say that that just feels like a, a bridge too far to try and bring a gargan in. Um, hey, but I cold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, see the first like expansion drop and it's just a single gargan. Um, <laughs> but I think I would really like to see demons in the vein of Bellacor be revisited and actually have mm. like a single master like controller and then like all the different types of demons. Cool. Um, I think that would be really cool. It could be lots of really interesting design space because with each of the four gods, you could have different mechanics for each of the fighters. Um, 
I don't know. It, it's super wish listy. It's probably not something they're going to do, but I think it would be really fun, really interesting. Um, how about you, Davey? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll see. You know, because we've had a couple corn war bands, but I think maybe some of these other factions might get a, a revisit there. Um, mm-hmm. My my pick, I would like to see. There were some cool uh, zombie models that came out in Cursed City. I'd like to see a kind of necromancer and zombie situation. Not sure how you make it distinct from other uh, existing uh, death war bands, but uh, you know maybe maybe some combination of you know total garbo line you know stat lines. Unless they uh, start crowding, maybe you can summon them you know in enemy territory or something like that. I don't know, but yeah. uh, that that feels like they they could if you got underworld sculptors going to town like we know they can do, you'd have some pretty cool looking stuff. I uh, I had the the same you know soul blight zombies on my list. I had the yeah. same thought. Um, yeah. I, and maybe that's just staring at the cursed city models in my head. It'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, be super cool. I guess the other one would be uh, what some kind of whether it's uh, canine shadow stalkers or uh, reaching all the way back to silver tower um, like the uh, mistweaver sigh and the um, tenebral shard. Um, yeah, there's there'd be some real cool stuff you could do with that too. Um, cool figures there. So, uh, but we don't even know what realm we're going to be in, so we'll find out. But, <clears throat> uh, gentlemen, that was our roundtable. Anyone got any thoughts that they didn't get a chance to uh, express uh, one way or the other on season four, Dire Chasm, and the imminent passing of Beast Grave into the realms beyond? Just really looking forward to the game continuing on and uh, hopefully continuing to refine the game because yeah. I feel like it's gotten better every season. Um, I think on that same topic, um, you know, I, I want to see far lists, you know, we kind of mentioned, you know, support for the game, you know, like I'm, I'm really hopeful that that, that happens. Um, but I was going through it, and we will be down to one Forsaken and six Restricted cards once rotation happens. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> well, let's, yeah. let's hope for a early far <laughs> with Season 5. Wow. So, yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, uh, when I was rotating out, I always keep I keep my Restricted cards separate, and I don't actually put them in order. Um, and I was like, what even on this list is in this season? It's like Slicklerock, Proud Runner, um, you know, Savage Visage, but like there, there's not much more. Wow, <laughs> that's that's wild to think about. That's Daylight robbery. I, yeah, yeah. If you if you gave me the over under, I would not have gone. I would I would have taken the over on that. Well, all right. Um, what's that's pretty wild. Um, yeah. Well, thanks guys for uh, taking part in this conversation. Um, and uh, you lucky people in the future who are, who are uh, listening to this. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you all about what we found out about season five. So um, we may, we may be heading in that direction for the next episode uh, would be, would be a good guess. Uh, but we like to keep it loose over here. Uh, Matt, if people wanted to get in touch with you or check out your blog, can we remind them where, I mean, if they're listening to this, i can just about guarantee they're already familiar with your blog, but if they aren't, uh, 
first they're wrong and then second <laughs> how, how could they not be wrong anymore yeah um so my blog set the temple blog.wordpress.com um you can find me on any of the discord groups uh, as matt set the tempo um yeah uh i'm i'm in and around and um i i say this a lot but honestly if anybody ever has article suggestions content suggestions um i'm i'm always up for it i uh i like uh, i've kind of got my master list and um i always add things on and usually it's one of those hey and and the gears start turning and i end up stopping everything that i'm doing to write something that just really caught my attention <laughs> yes uh all right well if you want to get in touch with us you can do it at w at WTHcast. That's our Twitter, whatthehexcast at gmail.com. You can come chat with us on the uh, Discord. We're pretty much a uh, open community. We uh, pull in people from um, all the uh, different uh, podcasts on our on our network, um, be it uh, Dogs War Cry, The Mortal Realm slash Story Phase, or this one, What the Hex. Um, we'll keep it on the DL, but there may be another podcast coming out on the network. We got some... Uh-huh. Uh, we got some Exciting individuals stuff. working behind the scenes on that. Um, it, it, uh, it's a little too early to announce, but once it's out, we'll, uh, we'll let you know. Uh, if you want to keep track of all that stuff, you can always go to the mortal realms.com. Uh, we thank those guys for, uh, especially Aaron for, for providing all the administrative, uh, work that for some reason he loves, which is good because no one else <laughs> does. Uh, but he, he keeps all this going. So your recommended listening for this episode is uh, Latter Days by Big Red Machine. Uh, And that's it for What the Hex. I've been Davey. This is Phil. And this is Matt. See if we can do this. Uh, uh, I almost forgot the name of our cast for a second here. I was about to say, Welcome to Warhammer Underworlds. I'm like, That's not right. I'm sure that's not right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right.